excited because this is like the I best know. one it's so great i i watched it with my mom today and she had never seen it and i was like oh it's good you'll like it you'll like it and she was like it was so fun to watch her watch it because obviously i'm like mm. taking notes but it's so fun to see like somebody so immediately get on like how immediately on board yeah. you are with it like how yeah. how quick it works is Oh, so okay. impressive. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I watched it with my mum as well, like, in the summer. And it was, I think I was thinking about making both my parents watch it for my birthday, but then I was like, I don't know if this is going to, like, alienate one or both of my parents. <laughs> so I watched Inside Llewyn Davis with them oh, instead, perfect. which is definitely a more alienated movie, but whatever. Um, but yeah, and, and so my, me and my mum watched it together, and after she was like, that was so good. Like, And her main point about it was like, everyone looks like a person. I forgot that in the 70s, all the actors look like people. <laughs> but I do think that's part of the strength of this movie, is like how realistic it oh, is. Oh, yeah. And, like, how, yeah. Like, and you pick, up from, you pick up on it so immediately. Like, you know, it opens with all those, you know, establishing shots of Brooklyn. And it's like, mm. oh, it looks like it looks like actual Brooklyn. Like it looks like a real place. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like movie New York. It looks like like how New York. They've shot all the ugly places. Yeah, exactly. Places that I love to look at all these like, like weird yeah, little streets totally. and like uh, you know industrial buildings and everything. And it like yeah, it looks like a real place, but it yeah. still feels you know cinematic in a way that's interesting. But it's also you know mm. it's down to earth. It's it's. Very reassuring, I think. I'm like, ah, yeah, definitely. New York, <laughs> New York. Oh, I miss, I miss her. I every miss day. her truly every day. My best, my dear friend, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> <sighs> I do have a note about that, like opening, opening shot. If we want to already get into my notes, which is that the the it, it's uh, got the Elton John song over mm. it. I can't remember what the name of the no, song is. Um, and the. And the reason that it's over there is because Dee Dee Allen was like playing it in the editing room when she was like uh. editing the shot, and like the event was like, oh, I don't want any music in like the whole thing. But then he was there while she was doing that, and she's like, all right, we can put that song over the opening credits. <laughs> but otherwise, nothing, no like no score, yeah, or no anything score like at that, all, which is, which is part of the kind of realism mm, thing, that's... and also the way they shot it. I mean, if we want to, he wanted it to look like TV kind of thing, like a TV news thing. But obviously, it looks a lot better than that. <laughs> but like the. The cameramen were on wheelchairs and and roller skates and stuff, trying to like shoot. Like it's mostly Al's movement. I think they were trying to get to just go with him every time mm. he did something, which is like interesting. With what we talked about with the Godfather of like him going down the wrong hallway and it not being lit, and it, it's just like Lumet kind of giving Al and all the actors the space to just mm. play around, be and like yeah, exactly, and ad lib and stuff like that, which is what makes it feel. So really, yeah, and it's it's interesting, uh, you know, because everyone's kind of it's so funny, but I don't want to bring it up because I haven't seen it, and I will, you know, do my best not to judge it because I haven't seen it, and I know that's bad form. But everyone is talking about <laughs> Malcolm and Marie, oh, which is God, yeah. set 
in one location. This movie is mm-hmm. ostensibly set in one location. Like, it cuts between yeah, yeah. inside the bank and outside the bank. But it is essentially, you know, there are long stretches. Yeah, there are long stretches of it which just take place in the inside the bank. And it, yeah. But it never feels claustrophobic in the way that some no. things that are kind of you know, uh, one like location movies or, you know, bottle mm. episodes of TV or whatever. It never feels kind of contained in that in that way that no, can be overbearing, yeah. you know? Like, it, yeah. is, there's a way to do something like that and lean into the sort of claustrophobic energy yeah. of it, but this never does. It always feels, uh, you know, open and fluid and like Mm. you know there's movement and there's life even though they are kind of constrained to this one location which is really interesting that it doesn't feel that way when it so easily could especially because it is you know like this core cast of actors and like Mm. you know this kind of you know (laughs) it could be a like it could be a play you know he could be they could all be the set could be you know the bank and then every now and then he'll like go over to like another bit of the stage and it'll just be like you know yeah it's 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 kind of a miracle that it isn't it never feels stagey or you know yeah no it feels it's very cinematic Mm. considering it's just like one set and it's not even a set because i mean it's a real place that they shot it in and um not no not the actual bank but they like they i think it was a basement they kind of gutted and then they could like move the walls around so that they could make it like but yeah they didn't it's not like kind of built on a soundstage or anything Mm -hmm. like that um which probably also lends to it feeling realistic and all the lighting and all of that kind of thing comes from the environment that they're in but yeah it doesn't feel like even though they are trapped in this place and it is sort of there in a claustrophobic situation you don't feel like I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like they're in like a box yeah. in any way. Yeah, yeah. Especially because there's also like different rooms that they're in within the bank, and they use the space in the bank really well. I yeah, think. yeah, I agree. Like, even like you know, even when they're kind of in, uh, you know, mo- there are moments where they're in like in the safe, and there are moments where they're kind of in a room in mm. the back, and you know, like it, it never feels, you know, even those moments kind of don't necessarily feel like cut off from the sort of no the whole you know the scope of the story i guess it never yeah Yeah. it's yeah really impressive how little it feels you know like you're in one place the entire time yeah it's great definitely (laughs) it's good 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 movie movie. we haven't actually introduced the podcast we should introduce the podcast (laughs) (laughs) we just started we were like let's just go let's just do it (laughs) anyway right this is this is al pochino This is um, Pod Day Afternoon. It is Pod um, Day Afternoon. <laughs> I'm Maddie. And I am Lara. Uh, do we want to talk about like the inception of the movie? Yeah. I feel like that's the way we usually start with these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Kind of yeah, tell me. This is yeah. This is the part where I'm like, Maddie, give me context. And you, you yeah, get on me with I, facts. I did, some, I did some quick research that uh, <laughs> is usually better done than I have done today, but that's fine. Um... Yeah, so this I don't. We can talk about the real people. I think maybe like later, just because there's a lot to talk about with that and like the accuracy of the mm-hmm. film and stuff like that. But um, this is based on a real robbery that happened in 1972, and the movie is based on a uh, piece in I believe in Life magazine, mm-hmm. 
called The Boys in the Bank. I think that's what it's called. Cute. And um, that was what the movie was called originally. And I'm like, true, but Dog Day Afternoon is a better name. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Marty Bergman, I think someone brought brought the story to him and then he brought it to Warner Brothers. This is Al's manager um, and producing partner. And Warner got the rights from the real guy who's John Polish surname that I can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> that's not Warchsick, which is what they say in the in the movie. It's slightly different to that. Um, anyway, they got the rights from him and they got uh, Frank Pearson to write the script. And he'd also written... He wrote... After this, he wrote the 1976 Star is Born and he wrote something else that I noted down. Oh, Cool Hand Luke. That's what it was. Ah, which is great. Rad. Also director. He he directed the Star is Born. The 76 Star That's is Born. so funny because one of the things I noticed in the opening is that they have a Star is Born on like a billboard. They do. That must like be like the previous one. But yeah. I guess so. But it was... It felt... Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I should watch that. Um... Yeah, so this this script that, that uh, is great. I mean, the script to me is like one of the best parts of the movie. It's so good. I'm I'm sure a lot of it is ad libbed because they were allowed to do that. But I mean, the the structure of it is just mm. so well done. Um, yeah, so they took this script and Marty Bregman like approached Lou Met and then and Al um, to make the movie. And Lou Met was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And Al was like, "Yes." And then he said, "No." And then he said, "Yes" again. And then they were like, "Maybe Dustin Hoffman will do it." I think he like Hoffman <laughs> expressed interest, but they didn't like meet with him or anything because Bregman was like, "We need Al." Um, <laughs> we need Al. Yeah. So and then Al accepted it and rejected it again, and then he kept doing that. And That's part rude. of the theory of like why he kept rejecting it was because. This was literally the first time that a movie star had played a gay character. Or I was gonna say bisexual is it he's or whatever. Gay? Yeah. 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 Wow. So I and Al being like a method actor, that seemed like some of the comments were like, maybe he didn't want to go method as a gay man, which is interesting, but like hmm. it would have been I mean, it's felt that obviously is homophobic, but it just like it's just kind of a strange oh, But I mean I guess it was yeah. it's one of those things like it was like nine seventy three or whatever it was when they started yeah. doing this. So I know, but that I mean that seems like I know a, I know a fair amount about method acting. I can't say I know everything about method acting, you know but I'm pretty. Acting, yeah. But I'm pretty sure, like, in order to play a gay man in the form of like method acting, he's not like he doesn't have to like roll his sleeves up and be like, "Well, gotta go suck a dick," I guess. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what method acting is. No, you know, no, you don't exactly. have to go and do that. Exactly. I mean, yeah, less It feels less a bit gay panicky. Times. It's like, it's like, oh, if I think about this too much, I'll become gay. And I'm like, oh, how terrible. Not <laughs> yeah. like you'll become a psychopath by playing one in, like, The Godfather. Like, yeah, you're worried about becoming right? gay. Yeah, exactly. Um, the mafia is fine, but homosexuals are out. Like, yeah, I mean, that's also that. the story of, like, this movie, right? Of, like, the, the turn that they take when, like, even the crowd, when they find out that, that Sonny is gay or bisexual or whatever he is, they completely turn on him and that's to the crowd like worse than being a bank robber yeah. and it's just like great the 70s great ah the 70s <laughs> um yeah and apparently al wanted to go back to the theater he was like sick of the movies he was sick of the adjustments he had to make to be in the movies but this seems like the story that we tell before everything that he eventually agrees to make he's like <laughs> he's, i don't want to like, make oh, a movie i hate this <laughs> And then one of them, and then he makes something and it's great. And he's like, okay, maybe I'll make another movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, he said also that he'd backed out so much because he was stressed and he was drinking a lot and stuff like that, which I'm sure is also part of it. Mm. But eventually he came back again 
And it seems like he had a pretty big hand in like the casting of everyone else in the movie and in the kind of forming of the film when they had started to make it. Like, it seems like sort of he's producing it, but not in any official capacity. It's just like, Mm. I mean, his instincts at this point must be pretty good if you've worked on like two Godfathers and you've worked with Lumet before. So they probably have a pretty good relationship if they're working together again and stuff like Mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the cast is a lot of people that he worked with on Broadway, um, and off Broadway. So yeah, like I think that the the head tellers, a lot of the not the head tellers, the head teller, yes, but the other tellers as well. Um, and they like re- they repeat off uh, in like other films that he's done. I mean, Penelope Allen, who's the head teller in this, is in um, Scarecrow, but she's also the wife of his best friend, who's Charlie Lawton, who was um one of his first kind of acting teacher. Mm-hmm. and like big mentor of his so like there's yeah i think the whole cast is like his friends and people he knows well and the cast is so good like the mm. supporting it's just everyone is so like on it the supporting yeah. characters are so like well done and stuff like that um and then cat of course who is the, the absolute best Aww. and um so so good in this but yeah and and one of Pacino. yeah we've talked about him before but one of Pacino's old friends Aww. um and Lumet didn't want to cast Katsali originally because Katsali was 39 when they shot this and mm. the real person was 18 during the <laughs> <Wow>. bank robbery, <laughs> which is like, I sure. don't think that uh, as a viewer, I could have handled seeing an 18 year old boy get shot in the head. So I'm yeah. quite glad yeah, that that like, really isn't, oh I mean, it's already pretty, yeah. pretty bad, but like that would have been. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so did that actually ha- like in the actual narrative, yeah, did he did. really get shot in it the head? did. Oh fuck! That's I'm awful. not sure about. Yeah, I don't know if it was like in the head, but he got killed like right at the like right oh, at the end, man. like in the same way. Oh, that's really yeah, depressing. That's sucks. and I don't know if he actually was a Vietnam vet, like the actual. Because I mean, if he was 18, I can't imagine that he would have been in Vietnam. No, I mean d- before that. Yeah, but... yeah. Do they? Because the because the actual Sonny was in Vietnam. I was gonna say because I'm, sure, I'm sure I know Sonny definitely says he was in Vietnam. Do they both say at some point in the movie that they were? I think in he Vietnam? says like we were in Vietnam. I see. Like sure. referring to both of them, but then, I mean, again, like there are definitely liberties taken with the story, like compared to the true what actually happened. Like, yeah, a lot of liberties. Yeah. So, if you're going to age him up, you might. I mean, it makes sense yeah. that he would also be in Vietnam. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. So and then, yeah. but yeah, Lou met met with Katali, and then when he, once he met him, he was like, okay, oh. this is the guy. I have a quote from the met about Katali, but we can talk. We, I don't know if we want to like. I have I have notes Do on Katali, but they all make me they all make me sad because I like made notes about him and Meryl, and oh. they like it makes me like upset. <laughs> oh. But I can I can say I can quote the Lumet quote, which is um one of the things that I love about the casting of John Katali was that he had a tremendous sadness about him. I don't know where it came from. I don't believe in invading the privacy of the actors that I work with or getting into their heads. But my God, it's there. Every shot of him. And not just in this movie, but in Godfather 2 also. Mm, 100%. 100%. He's got these big, sad eyes. Like, he just looks so... amazing. Yeah. It's like he's got, like... It's like he's... (laughs) It's like he's thinking about, like, the fact he, like, left the oven on or something the entire time he's acting. (laughs) Like, it's like he's always thinking about something else. And whatever it is, is really bumming him out. Like, it's like... (laughs) He's like, oh god, I can't believe this. <laughs> like, oh, totally. He's, he's like out of it, yeah. kind of for One the whole movie, removed. but in a way that's really compelling. Oh like, god, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, you have no idea what he's gonna do or like what he's capable of mm. or kind of what he's thinking at any moment. But yeah. it's so compelling to watch. Yeah, the tone he's with so which, because he kind of, 
you know, we are obviously we're fo- we're following Sonny for sort of the majority of the movie, but mm. he has these little kind of moments. Mm. You know, the just these little patches where you sort of you see him come through more and it's so interesting that it just feels like every every moment we have with him alone is like not tonally completely different, but the way he it's like he's showing it's like you're looking through a kaleidoscope at him. Like, it's like different mm. points of light. It's just, he's a... Yeah. It's, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a really fascinating performance. that like you really can't pin him down, which is so interesting. And impressive that he manages to have that and also be so vulnerable, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Have that kind of... Yeah. He seems kind of like a kid. Like, you're, like, worried about him. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, like, that he doesn't know how to like be a person like yeah that he's just kind of and like what like what will he do when he if he gets out of there like even that you're like i don't know what he would do with himself if he did get out of yeah. there like it's kind yeah. of just and it's so interesting that you know we know that sonny is doing this you know he has a family he, he with we know he has a fat we learn he has a family early on we learn he has a wife early on we don't yeah. know why sal is there like it's never no, like well, I, we're never yeah. told, never, and it just everyone just <laughs> it's both Leon and uh, his wife are both like, and then I heard I heard you were there with Sal, and it's just you and Sal, <laughs> and it's like, oh, clearly this is something that happens a lot, right? Like he yeah, just, Sal gets just into drags, like this. <laughs> yeah, he just like drags him along to engage in whatever kind of caper that he's like yeah. planning. It's just yeah. they're just yeah, like this weird sad little double act. It's just. They're- Oh my god, they're so incompetent. <laughs> they are. It makes me so happy. So much of this movie is just people being incompetent, like everyone just being incompetent and like everyone just stumbling around yeah. and like hoping that something will work out. Yeah. And it's just, it's, that's also what makes it so real. It's like everyone is kind of like, I mean, one of the best bits is, is when um, something happens and Sonny just laughs a little bit and he's like, I mean, Jesus. And then he just like walks away and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's how a person would react because yeah. you're like, this is so farcical. How is this? What's like? How is everything going wrong yeah. like this? Like, it's... how is that possible? Yeah. I planned everything, but then all you can do is laugh about it because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. That it's just gone this way. Yeah, like. this but, is yeah. great. This is where I want to like segue onto my like yeah my like lightning bolt realization when I was watching this. For this is maybe the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie that we've covered for this show that. I've seen multiple times, which is mm. really fun. So I feel like I got to like really kind of get my teeth into like mm. what I think it is, you know, thematically about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, you know, I'm not like this is this is film scholarship time. Like I'm rolling up my <laughs> sleeves. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> but I think I can't remember at what point it was. Oh yes, yes, it was. Um, I think at one point they're sort of. You know, it was when, ah, I tell you, it's when they took the first hostage out, the uh, the security guard. Mm-hmm. They take him out and the police assume that he is um, one of the hostage takers. Like, they, ass- they immediately yeah, assume he's that robber, he's yeah. a robber and they, like, attack him and cuff him. And it's really fucked up and really bad. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah. And I can't remember who says it or in what context it is said. 
I th- I'm pretty sure it's Sunny, but he says that he says we're entertainment. He says this is like this is like you know. Oh, I know. Yeah, for- it's when he's he he's on the phone to the um. Oh yeah, he's like the, yeah. they they call him up. The TV station like calls him up. Yeah, and he's like talking to him and being. Then it's like, why are you doing this? Yes. And he's like, how much money do you earn? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you yes, 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 yes. And yeah. that was Anyways, like, so carry on. I was like, oh, this is a movie about acting. This is a movie mm-hmm. about acting. Like, this is it is a movie about how everybody is performing something to the best of their ability, and yeah. sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can act your way out of something and sometimes you can't like it's so yeah apparent and i think that this is also at the core of why i think this pacino performance really works for me because yeah he is such an actor he's so like mm. we've we've spoken mm-hmm. about this on so many occasions now but like he's so yeah. present all the time and he is like yeah. this you know this moving force this energy that you know yeah and in this it's like it's the perfect kind of amalgamation of that because you've got the level of him that is sunny that is the person sunny that is doing this you know mm. because he wants to help his partner get a sex change operation because he wants to you know l- take care of his fat like there's the the moral like person he is in his heart that person but then there is the yeah. person that is performing the act of being a bank robber like you know he's yeah. got his he's got his like comedically placed like gun in the like flower box which i'm upset like it's so cartoon he's when he like takes it oh. off and it's like attached still and oh my it's god it's so good it's like those, Bugsy those early it just it's those, oh and then there's and then on top of that there's the the performance of like the way he speaks to the cops the way he speaks to the media yeah. like it's there's like it's like he's playing three roles at once and that's mm, why it's mm-hmm. and it, it, you know it's like he must be it must be exhausting <laughs> like, oh god i know it must be so tiring to like you know to think about what you're doing in that many senses you know like you see him break for moments you know but it's like everyone is doing both the robbers and i think it, this dynamic is most clearly captured in the relationship between the bank robbers and the police like that's sort yeah, of the divide yeah. and it's about like the optics of the policing and the optics of the bank robbing and like they're mm, both mm-hmm. working on a level of performing to the best of their abilities what people mm-hmm. want the police to be or want a want a robber to be like you know it's yeah. ultimately and i think it's so funny that this is you know a fairly like you know something that Lumet ends up kind of talking about later on in his career mm. which is like like the peril of like turning stuff like this into entertainment and like turning it into yeah. spectacle and like you know how this kind of thing can you know elevate something you know complicated and dark and messy and problematic into you know they're like cheering for them like they're setting up little barricades and they're bringing out flags and it's like people are entertained by this and and the you know that when the i think it's the pizza guy who like comes in and then like once he's like helped um sunny go through into the bank he's like i'm a star and then he like exactly for the cameras and there's a quote from from al actually kind of on this talking about this movie 
He said, uh, we don't know enough about the media yet. We don't know its effect on us. It's new. It's got to do something to us. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, that's what it is. It's like, it's the 24 hour news cycle as well. It's like this kind of thing that's, I don't know if it was starting around then, but like the idea of like real life as entertainment mm. in that way. And it's, you know, prior to reality TV or anything like that. But um, when things like this happen on the news and yeah like a crowd comes because it's entertaining and like people know about everything that happens as it's happening rather than reading it in the newspaper or anything like that and that yeah it turns like real events into and i mean yeah it must be because i was just th- i just thought about on mad men the, the bit that i'm watching right now they're they're, <laughs> they're talking about vietnam and they're all like watching and listening to broadcasts from vietnam about like specific kind of tactical decisions that they're taking within Vietnam. They're like, oh, we took like this specific like palace or whatever away from blah, blah, blah. And it's the, like, w- why would any ordinary person need to know about the tactical decisions being made in Vietnam? So maybe it's part of that. It's like, that's where it kind of started and then continued afterwards into just like normal news when there wasn't a Vietnam War to talk about. Although I don't actually know when the Vietnam War ended. So maybe it's still going on at this time, but yeah. Yeah, it is about Vietnam as well. Everything's about <laughs> yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, everything's about Vietnam. <laughs> Truly everything, everything in this everything period. Everything in the 70s is about Vietnam. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And later, honestly. Yeah. Everything, like, movies I liked last year were about Vietnam as well. It's it's just, it's everything. <laughs> it's just... Great. Yeah. But yeah, that was, like, that was the thing I immediately got my, like, hooks into yeah. with this. And I was like, oh, like, everyone is acting. All of it is acting. Like, it's yeah. all, the police are performing, they're performing, like, even the tellers to an extent, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, they're having to go along with essentially mm. the charade of the whole thing. And I think that that's, you know, especially when you think about the fact that it is in one location, that it could in theory be sort of play like the fact Mm. that it's like you know they're kind of they're the leads and everyone else is following in some Mm. in some way even though they are so incompetent like they are so (laughs) useless bless their hearts this is more than anything this is a movie about being gay and useless which is a very relatable experience (laughs) but i mean even like it's 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 also the power dynamics right so it's like Within the the bank, the robbers have the power, right? They, but also, do they have the power? Because sometimes oh. they don't. Sometimes they're getting told off by like the tellers or by yeah. the bank manager. And then, you know, the 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 shift when Sonny goes out into the street and he's talking to the cop, but then he can rile up the crowd, and then the crowd is overpowering the cops. Mm. So he sort of has more power than the cops sometimes. But then in the end. The institutional power is the thing that's going to win out over the power of like whatever, being able to whip up a crowd. Yeah. Um. In that way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The, the crowd also was um, was partly extras, and then by the you know by a few days in, it was just people who come to watch it, and wow. and Lumbeck was like whipping up the crowd <laughs> in order to get them to the like directing these like complete strangers that he hadn't hired so that they could, oh. and um apparently the Attica thing was ad libbed. Uh, the like assistant director like yeah. whispered to Al like you should mention Attica and then he like ad libbed that whole thing which is kind of crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. It's so good. Oh, it is good. It's so good. Yeah, it's like a it's like a they're like a Greek chorus, aren't they? The sort of crowds mm-hmm. like you know you can tell like the way that the story is swaying and I guess the way that you know the external narrative is changing. Mm-hmm. 
that based on like what they're yelling at people. <laughs> like it's so yeah, great. Yeah, totally. It's so totally. great. And it it feels so like of its time when you think about you know, kind of coming out of the sixties and of like protest movement and there's like, mm-hmm. you know, crap the the you know, the impact that a big crowd can kind of have on something mm-hmm. like this. And you know, at one point they've got banners and it's like it's just like, it's <laughs> it becomes a whole thing. It just it's so good. it's so it's great. Yeah. It's really great. <laughs> this movie is good. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, thanks for over. listening. Thanks. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Do we want to talk about Leon and all of that? Yeah, stuff? I would like to I talk like I would like to talk about Leon because I'm you know, I would <laughs> It's a, it's a, uh, I don't want to be like, it's a touchy subject because that sounds so like icky. That makes me feel like I'm, yeah, like, no. I'm like, I want to like shy away from it, but I don't want to shy away no, from it. I no, want to, no. it's, yeah, yeah. it's worthy of discussion. I would love to, yeah, I would love to know about the real Leon if, if they exist. Question mark. Yeah, I, so Leon, I, one of my questions is I still am not sure which pronouns I should use. And then mm. I was thinking about that. When I was, I realized that um, Sonny's mother refers to Leon as she. Yeah, and I know. Sonny that. refers to to Leon as as he through the whole thing. Yeah, and and like a man and stuff, even though obviously he's paying for the sex change. Yeah, but like, and I was thinking about that in terms of like if Sonny Sonny is okay with being gay or bisexual or whatever, and if he he met Leon as a man, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and 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 thought that that was the situation but then his mother maybe is finds it easier to accept it if he's straight mm. and yeah and she's gone off with another woman and that's more acceptable than going off with another man i don't know what the i don't know what the decision yeah. with that was it's interesting to yeah it is it's about. really complicated isn't it like the way that yeah and i don't know if this is just because like we're coming at something from you know a massively different period of time obviously mm. and the way that we talk about gender now is so nuanced in comparison and mm. you know there's you know we don't even really kind of know how much of what leon experiences is just due to the fact that like nobody knew anything about sexuality in this in this That's period the thing, of time because, i mean if if leon is going to a a psychotherapist or whatever and the therapist is like you're i mean that's what i'm going to just say she because it's easier um that's what she says that that she went to a therapist and the therapist was like you're a woman trapped in a man's body but like if you think about the state of psychotherapy yeah. in the early 70s like yeah. it's possible that someone would just have said that to a gay man mm-hmm. yeah like for because they're gay because there was a lot of that kind of like equivalence yeah that people made between that like if you were gay you were in some way a woman like yeah that was my um, thought as well that it was like yeah. it was based it was rooted in some kind of like you know yeah more than being something akin to you know how we would talk about people being transgender today it was more to do yeah. with like a misunderstanding of what it is to be gay more more yeah. more than that you know and i think it yeah it is really interesting especially because sunny is like clearly kind of well I say clearly comfortable with his sexuality but like clearly not uncomfortable with his sexuality yeah yeah uh, you he know sort of accepted it like yeah yeah as much as it's can. almost like he he does kind of I think what's so interesting about this film is that 
even though you know there are non-straight characters front and center it never feels like it Mm. at any point kind of becomes about that you know like capital you know about that way which is uh, i mean i think it's a pro i would say it's a pro but i can also understand why that would probably put some people off you know to be like there was something yeah apparently there was originally in the script there was a kiss scene between leon and sunny Mm -hmm. and Al pushed against it, and apparently the reason that he gave was that, you know, the audience already knows that these characters are gay, and he wanted to show that this relationship is, like, an ending, right? That it's failing yeah. at this point, and that kind of... And didn't want to kind of... And that Lumet has said this as well, about that, that, that this was such a delicate thing for them, because they didn't want it to be... Like, they didn't want to offend the people that they were making this film about, but they also didn't want to make it, like, kind of a whatever, like an object to see just because of the kind of controversy around it. Mm. And it is about this stuff, but it's also like, that's not what the whole film is about. Like it's about this robbery and, mm. and desperate people and stuff like that. Um, mm. And yeah, yeah, that was what they shifted to the phone call in the end, which, and I love the phone call. Yeah. Scene. The phone call scene's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we want to talk about the real person, because um, Leon is based on Elizabeth Debbie Allen, who was married to John Pillarson, and I can't say. I'm gonna. I could try it, but I think it would be worse than me not saying it. Um, <laughs> I did. I did. I looked it up. I was like, I've got to look up how to pronounce this surname, and then I just didn't stick in my brain, which is terrible. Oh, I'm gonna look it up and see if I can pronounce it. But carry on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. So they met. They met actually. So I thought this was just kind of interesting. They met at the feast of San. Uh, a Gennaro, Gennaro, uh, which is the same thing that Vito uh, shoots the Don at oh, in like Godfather Two, wow. which I thought was kind of interesting. It's like great. this Italian American like I love that institution. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they she was she did live as a woman. She had her sex change uh, because of this movie, actually, because um, John was paid seven thousand five hundred dollars and one percent of the movie's profits for his story. And then he used part of that to pay for Elizabeth's uh, gender confirmation mm. surgery. So it wasn't actually like the money from the bank robbery. Um, and there's a there's a theory that the ma- bank robbery wasn't actually it was that it was actually a mafia thing and just went wrong, and that it wasn't actually intended for that purpose. It was just like that would have been probably what he would have spent it on in the end. Mm. Um, but that that was like a a Village Voice columnist who said that a guy called Arthur Bell. Sure. Um, who did some research on this and said that it was actually like a mafia thing that just went really badly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's probably more interesting if you just remove that yeah. side of it. Yeah, that's, like a that's whole true. Thing. I'm on his Wikipedia na- page now. I'm gonna go with what 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 to wits. I'm gonna go with what to wits. Yeah, what to, yeah. What, what I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with what to wits. <laughs> um, it's he really does look like Al, which is really funny. Oh, totally. <laughs> that was the thing when they were casting. They were like, it's either Al or Dustin Hoffman yeah, because they look that's like so, yeah. they've got the. They really the same have it down. I wonder, and it says yeah. that he's he's Polish, like he's Polish Italian. Yeah, Polish. Yeah, yeah. Which is an Al is question mark? You should know. Al is Sicilian. He's he's, he's all, all he's Italian. all Italy. <laughs> yeah, he's actually his his grandparents are from Corleone in Aww. in Sicily, which is quite nice. Oh, that's nice. Um, good for them yeah yeah I didn't because she's she's interesting there's like a there's a really good picture of her on on her um Wikipedia page she's like very stylish yeah she seems really cool um 
Oh yeah, I do have. Yeah, she did die of AIDS, which is oh like, man, oh. of course she did. Yeah, in, God, in 1987. Yeah. Jesus, which is the actual end to stories like these, which mm. is great. Um, yeah, but yeah, and and John went to her funeral, even though they'd been they'd been split up for a while at that point, and like read and read a eulogy and stuff like that. So it seems like they at least yeah had had kind of good feelings after that. Oh. Um. But yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of information about her. I mean, it's there's more about about him, I guess, just because mm. he's kind of the focus of it all, and he's the one who did all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently, he said like um, John said that that Al and um, Chris Sarandon both did good jobs, like playing both of them. So oh, hey. that's something. Like, I mean, I I do think Chris Sarandon like, and it's one of these things where I don't want to be like, I think he did a good job because obviously it's not my place yeah. to say whether or not yeah. like he did a. But I think he's it's delicate in a way where it could yeah. have been at that time, especially very caricature. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Which I think is also like Lumet. I, I think I read that he wanted um her to be more like a queen's housewife than like uh, Blanche Dubois, which is like yeah. yes, exactly, yeah. queen's housewife. That's the uh, vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think it's sensitively done, like especially considering the time period. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Like like I said, I watched this with my mum, and she was like, "It's so impressive that they were having discussions about this kind of thing in a movie made in in the nineteen seventies." And yeah. I was like, "I guess so." Yeah. I mean, I think it's. It's easy to become sort of dismissive of this kind of thing with a modern mindset because you're like, you know, you nitpick and you you Mm -hmm. hand ring. And I mean, that's an entirely reasonable response, especially when, you know, representation of people who aren't straight was so bad for so long that, you know, it's a worthy thing to kind of be upset about. And I don't think we should be giving points for like, you know, passing the bar i guess but yeah i think it's i think it is as you say it is way more sensitive and way more generous than it could be and i think i do think a lot of that comes down to we met and his kind of propensity for this sort of like very human very like Mm. you know there's always a kind of and i think i i said this on our other episode there's a real humanism to the way that he works and i feel Mm. like everybody that he considers as a filmmaker is you know a very tangible person and yes definitely you know and i think that that is kind of really you know to be really realistic about it and really blunt is sort of the best we could hope for for leon in this context really yeah yeah um exactly it's one of these things where it's like you you on the one hand you don't want to hold a mainstream Hollywood film to the same kind of standard that we would hold one now. But you also, like, I mean, there were trans people (laughs) in New York at this time, and I'm sure, like, you know, you will have come into contact with them and, you, you know, you could be more sensitive than this movie is, even though I do think it does, like... It does a good job, but obviously, you know, it could always be better. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so like it's like they're obviously is you you hold it to a certain yeah, you hold it to a certain standard, but then that can sometimes end up being like oh, but it was the seventies, it was a different time, trans people didn't exist back then, and it's like oh. yeah, yeah, you don't want to you don't want that to be the card you're playing, you know, exactly, like oh, exactly. it was a, yeah, it was a different time where people just simply did not exist, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you know, exactly, yeah, very bad, you don't want to do that, but and I'm sure yeah. there are like there are indie films, I'm sure from that time that handled this like 
better and more centrally like yeah. because they would have been from people from that community yeah, i mean i don't 100%. i don't know of any but i'm sure they exist yeah i'd um, like to think so anyway yeah but i mean yeah considering it's a it's a warner brothers movie yeah yeah like and seemingly everyone who made it was straight <laughs> they did an okay job yeah <laughs> like, they did they did do an okay job i think i think frank pearson spent a lot of time researching this and like I think I I can't remember who who he like linked up with for this, but he kind of talked to people in the gay scene and stuff like that, sure. and like went to nightclubs and like actually had conversations with people, mm-hmm. which is certainly the best way to do this kind of thing. Yeah. If you're gonna do it as a straight person, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we want to like in general like how this is for accuracy. I mean, the names are wrong and stuff like that, mm. and and the kind of. The the characters and the, the some of the things that happen in the film didn't happen in real life. Like he he never got a chance to talk to his mum. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him talk to his um, Carmen, which was his his first wife. And they also actually his his first wife and and him had been separated for two years before he met oh, um, okay. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So like this kind of suggestion in the movie that it's like he's kind of unsatisfied in his marriage and that's why he or whatever or like yeah i don't even know what the suggestion is like that that he realized that he was gay or or something like that but it it seems like there was a separation between um between the two Mm. but i mean that maybe that makes it more interesting i mean i kind of i think with these true stories like it's difficult to because i'm thinking about like something like the social network which we both really love Mm. which is like sort of a true story but ends up almost being more true because they've taken liberties with it. Mm. Like, because it's not exactly accurate to what happened and, you know, some of the characters' motivations aren't probably exactly what was true. I mean, the stuff with, like, um, with Mark and Erica, which is, mm. like, not yeah. true, but yeah. works so well in oh, the yeah. film and, yeah. and is, like, a comment on something else. And, and, yeah, I mean, the same for this. Like, I think telling a true story, you can only go so far... Before it's just like, why aren't you just mm. making a documentary? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like you have to, you have to make some narrative decisions. But it does seem like this is less accurate than Serpico, for example. Sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, but yeah. yeah, fundamentally, like my rule with these kind of true story movies is that you can basically do as much as you like if it serves the film and it serves the point you're trying to make with the film. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it can be, uh, you know. Uh, the social network is a perfect example because such large mm. swaths of it can be complete bullshit, like completely yeah. fabricated. But ultimately, like the notion that you know this website was built on a fundamentally uh, built out of something that is misogynistic, and that that is yep. how how we have come to like embrace it in culture because even because fundamentally it was built on the basis of like yeah. a guy who who felt alone and felt pissed off and hated his ex-girlfriend yeah. and that like yeah that makes sense but it doesn't matter if it you know you know <laughs> like Each Ru- individual yeah if, doesn't have to yeah be, if yeah. Rooney Mara didn't break up with him at a bar then that's fine but like ultimately what it's telling us is the same it's just exactly, taking yeah. narrative shortcuts to tell us that and that's yeah. fine. But I think, yeah, the issue with that kind of thing comes when you're sort of deliberately obscuring sort of yeah. the truth of something. Or, you know, if you're taking liberties with something that is important not to take liberties with. Like, I know that this is a big criticism yeah. 
a lot of people had with um, Trial of the Chicago 7 in mm. that, um, you know, some of the things that occur in the trial actually went on for longer or were a lot less protracted or, yeah. you know, um, with regards to Bobby Seale. And mm. that's a pretty solid like concern yeah, about something definitely. like that i mean i think that uh, you know it would be hard to argue that what we see happen in the movie isn't awful but yeah it's also not the extent like <laughs> it was worse in real life and i think yeah that that's not it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to water down something like that you know no i mean and that to, to use it in the way that it's used in the film is like an opportunity for the white characters to like yeah learn a lesson seem to, to learn a lesson and to, and some of them to be like oh i don't stand for that like whatever uh joe gordon levitt's character to be like oh, this is yeah. unacceptable and you're like oh yes yeah good i'm glad that we've decided that this guy's good yeah actually. i know joseph um, gordon levitt learns a lesson is like my least yeah. favorite sort of <laughs> yeah <laughs> in a yeah, movie that i good. like a lot more than most people no, i think same, same. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's the part that i'm like oh God, like uh, come on yeah, stop. The, the racial stuff in that movie in general is uh, oh, uh, bad. you're telling me um, you're telling me that aaron sorkin has bad takes on race maddie <laughs> i'm like uh, this is, i know this Who is something i've ever guessed? this is something i've never considered before <laughs> <laughs> god forbid god forbid oh, anyway dear. best picture win. Yeah. best picture trial of the chicago oh my god it's happening guys everybody yeah brace yourselves it's gonna be a long four months we got a long four months it to is the longest baby. like award season jesus Great. Um, I'm excited. Oh I'm my god, season. I'm so excited. It's Oh, we haven't congratulated Al for oh! his uh, Golden Globes nomination. Oh <laughs> this episode is probably gonna come out in like April. So like it's gonna be well after anything, but still oh, Yeah, well he might have won by then. Congratulations. Yeah, great. We'll, we'll just preemptively congratulate him for winning. I did kind of want to mention like this this is this movie, Dog Day Afternoon, is my favorite owl movie and my favorite owl performance wow. i'm pretty sure that's so ex- and that's so great i just he's it's just the perfect like it's the perfect role for him i mean we've already said this but that that like he gets to be funny and he gets to play like all the different kinds of emotions in the space of like five minutes he's like he's like exasperated and he's like laughing at the situation and he's like yelling at everyone and he gets to do all of it in a way that like I love his performance in Godfather too, but that is so quiet and he's sort of doing the like bottled thing for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, he gets to do everything that you could want him to do and he's great at all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm still upset that he didn't win for this. <laughs> Who won this year, do you know? It's Jack Nicholson for Cookies Nest, which uh, I haven't seen. I mean, fair, so. fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Like, I, I, won't, begr- <laughs> I won't begrudge them you know a nicholson win that's fine he can have it but yeah, yeah it, is, I love nicholson, it is i mean but... he should have won for Godfather, like all those years ago he should you know. he should he should have won yeah for pretty much everything we've covered yeah, so far yeah, pretty like... much yeah they could have given him anything you know for that and instead yeah. we we know what happened <laughs> we, yeah, we learned our lesson <laughs> I mean, this is this is the way you get to the point of like this is why the Oscars are so ridiculous. Oh because, yeah, because things are overdue. Like, as much as we love them, but like uh, to to not not to not have Al Pacino win an Oscar until nineteen ninety two and then give it to him for that movie is just like <laughs> like it, he, the fact that he has an Oscar means something, but the movie that it's for isn't really 
That's the kind of the way I see it. Like it's like a career Oscar in that way, yeah. where it's like it's not actually really for okay. a woman. Yeah, it's I mean, for, yeah. Like... No, it's it's a hundred percent a career Oscar. Like I, I extremely yeah. doubt that. I mean, I can't name any other ninety-two movies off the top of my head, but I highly doubt he gave the best performance a man gave in a movie in that yeah, year. I very much doubt I it. I very yeah. much doubt it. I mean, I'm, it may be the worst year in movies ever but i feel like he's definitely still not the best of that bunch. it's not a good it's not a good performance yeah, it's so not, like it's not good unless you like uh, uh like grunting and uh weird sexual aggression like it's yeah oh god pussy pussy, pussy. <laughs> if you like pussy we got a movie for you <laughs> oh god so um uh, the, movie. the movie what are we talking about the movie. i mean you want to talk Gonzale? we could do that we could talk Katsali. It's so sad, though. I know. He's just the best. Like, I just, I was, I was, because this is the last Katsali we're going to cover until we do um, Pod But De Niro. Um, can't, can't wait. <laughs> and then we'll do The Deer Hunter. Oh. Um, um, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I was like, can't wait. And then you're like, The Deer Hunter. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not. I like The Deer Hunter. Yeah. I, I think it's, I'm like in the minority for like, I don't think I, I, I just, it's, it's the kind of movie I'm like, I'll probably put it on and be like, oh yeah, sure, okay. And then I'll just sort of never think about it again, you know, in a, in a particularly. So we could talk about, yeah, because oh. The Deer Hunter is like important for the Katsali conversation okay. because. Um, yeah, brief me because I, I know so yeah. little about him other than that I think he is good and I like him. Well, yeah, he was just like a big like theater guy and was just kind of working away in like pretty small roles in the theater. And then The Godfather was kind of he was you know it's a small role in The Godfather, but that was like what kind of got him more work and uh, then like working with Coppola again on the conversation, which he's just uh, so good. Like, I love the conversation again, so just much. like perfect, perfect. <laughs> Oh, the conversation. Um, <laughs> we're just going to have to do a special episode just on the conversation to make Lara happy. I just love it so happy. much. It's so good. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. I can't believe it ends with him just playing saxophone oh, in his, like, It's a lapidation apartment. apartment. Like, he, like, just spent ten minutes ripping apart. Oh, oh it's, it's the best so movie good. ever made. It's the best movie oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't you too, if you were being bugged, you would sit and sadly yeah. play the saxophone in your ruined yeah. apartment? You would. <laughs> don't Exactly. There's a reason I don't have an Alexa. Like, you know. I don't I don't trust them them listening devices. Anyway. Picturing you like running around like Hackman, just like throwing your Alexa at the wall, like stop. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> it's listening to me. Yes, it's supposed to listen to you. That's its job. Um. Anyway, yeah. So he was like working with Coppola, and then again, obviously in Godfather Two, like around that time. And then um, this was the first, I think, the first um non Coppola movie he did. Oh, wow. Um, which obviously yeah was because of Al that he got cast. And then after this, yeah, it was he met Meryl on Measure for Measure they were playing uh doing that on some I can't remember actually where it was, like what the what the performance was, but she was leading lady and he was leading man and that was in nineteen seventy six. And they like pretty much immediately like fell in love and moved in together. Um and were together until he died and she took the role in Deer Hunter to stay like to be close to him, even though she was like the role is terrible, but I'll just be on it. Like because I want to spend more time with him and they shot his his and Meryl's scenes first so then they could kind of have more time together. Mm. Um, and he died before that was finished. 
of lung cancer as well, which is why that like one scene in this where he where he's talking to like uh the head teller and is like oh, you don't want to yeah, get the cancer god. about oh, the god. cigarette. Oh. Every time it like hits me and I'm like oh god. Oh um, god, that's so sad. I didn't even put yeah. two and two together. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. And he was in his early forties when he died. Oh, There's um Al talking about it about um Meryl and and Katsali saying. I've hardly ever seen a person so devoted to someone who is failing away like John was. To see her in that act of love for this man was overwhelming. Mm. Which is just oh my like, god, I'm gonna cry. It's so sad. It's so, oh, sad. I'm so sad. And he's so like he's just. It's one of those. I mean, I feel that way. I was thinking about Philip Seymour. I was Hoffman literally well, I just about think, to say. Yeah. I'm like, oh god, yeah, yeah. That they're kind of similarly like incredibly sad yeah. people like on screen. I mean, I don't know about obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman in his personal life was as well, but like that that have so much like to so yeah, just such an undercurrent in all their performances. Like there's just so much depth to both of them, mm. and then both dying tragically so young, mm. and it's just like every time every time you read about like I mean even obviously because this was like <laughs> long before I was alive, yeah. but I'm still it's still upsetting to be like the years of like performances that oh, we lost. Yeah, yeah, it's from this guy who's just phenomenal in everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's really sad. Yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> My God, <laughs> and he is so wonderful in this, and then just so you know he is kind of the still point of this movie which is what yeah. i really like about him in this is that it's such a you know it's such a like there's so much motion in this movie and everything is so happening so yeah. quickly and it's so you know it's so um fluid and it's so you know especially kind of the first half is really you know there's a lot going on uh, even in sort of the small mm. space but he is so grounded and so present and even though he clearly is like complete as lost as Sonny is like there's just yeah it's like he glazes over like it's such a you know it, it they do feel in a way like <laughs> did your tweet that was like who did you align as the Mikey and the Nikki? Like, oh, oh, I said Al was the Mikey. He is, he is, but that <laughs> because it's the same thing. But in the context of just like, like, like in in all of his relationships, that was what I was thinking about. Oh, like sure. that, that Sunny is just like trying to take care of every single person, and those phone calls that he has with both of his wives, like near the end, mm. he's just begging for someone to let him talk and like say. The, like tell them about the situation he's in and both of them just talk over him and are like not interested in like hearing you know anything from him and it's just like yeah that kind of desperation at that point he's like I've been taking care of you this entire time this is all for you and I and he's like I'm dying here and both of them are like just completely ignore it and like well I think Leon is like you're dying here do you hear yourself and then um, I can't remember her name now, but the the first wife is like just talking over him, and it's just like, yeah, it's so sad. Like to just be like this man is just like begging for someone to listen to him. Yeah. But that was yeah, that's why I was saying like the Mikey and Nikki uh, dichotomy, uh, which is what yeah. we love to talk about. Yeah. Inside um, you there were two. Inside you there were two wolves. One of them is a Mikey. Yeah. And one of them is Nikki. <laughs> I could explain. It. Maybe I should explain it. It's, it's a it's a movie uh, by Elaine May from seventy something seven eight. Awesome. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, with Cassavetes, John Cassavetes and Peter Falk, and Peter Falk plays Mikey, who is like 
just kind of desperately trying to stop John Cassavetes from like getting killed for like the entire movie and it's just like managing him and like trying to like get him to just <laughs> stop for a second and like and that's yeah that's that's the vibe for like every relationship I think oh. like who's the Mikey and who's the Nikki yeah. like you can always yeah. like <laughs> yeah it's just like it that way. it's literally a movie where the first maybe 20 minutes are about Peter Falk convincing John Cassavetes to drink some milk like that's the yeah. that's like yeah. the first act of the movie it's like yeah. I must get you milk and it's just Oh god, it kills me. It makes me. It's about two. What if two boys were in love and were running around? Like that's what it's about. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I should watch my. No, I can't oh. do that to myself. I every time I like think about it, I like get emotional because oh. it's so good. I love them so much. My my like my the... trash sons. My terrible boys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, this is also god. a good terrible boys movie. I think. Oh, it is. A, it a great, is. like, addition to Terrible Boys canon. They're, they're terrible. They're so bad at everything. They are. And it's so endearing. They're so bad. I do want to just... The, this, the, the early scene, like, when they when they get into the bank that we already mentioned, where he, like, takes it out of the, like, flower case <laughs> or whatever. So and, and then when he's, like, spraying the CCTV cameras, and it, this will be in my brain until I die, where he's, like, trying to jump up, like, Al is trying to jump up to spray yeah. this, but he's too short, so he has to, like, get a chair, and, like, then he can spray the CCTV. And I'm just like, wow. Imagine if a man was short and I was obsessed with him. Like, just imagine. Imagine a short man. Imagine a short man. <laughs> Picture if he's you can. He's so short in this. He's like, he's like, he's like shorter in this than maybe, maybe not as short as he is in like Scarecrow, but he's like yeah, pretty this short. This is somehow this the shortest he's ever been. I don't understand yeah, how yeah. it, you know, it fluctuates in such a way. But it's because like, and his clothes always look too big for him. Like he's got the suit on and like, you know, he's yeah. got like, his, eventually he's like, his sleeves are like flailing around yeah. and it just yeah. <laughs> he looks such a mess. He hasn't got a vest on, but he has an undershirt on. So he does. It's vests for, it's so vests okay. for men adjacent. For men. <laughs> undershirts yeah. for men. But apparently the clothes were all, like, were the actors. So, like, <laughs> they're his clothes that don't fit him properly, which is even funnier to me. I love Like, that. this man has not been able to dress himself since the 70s and <laughs> continues to not be able to do dress. I, I'm sure I've seen pictures of him in the 70s and stuff, and I've been, you know, but I've never gone, like, hmm, that's a choice. Like, that's certainly an outfit, Alfred. No, he he mostly looks okay. There are some pictures of him in like a kind of snakeskin jacket, which is quite unfortunate, but I'm like in favour of it. I think I also because he's hot at that point, like yeah, you can kind of yeah, get away with true. it. Yeah, at one point um, does like, you know, it's like those girls who like wear deliberately ugly clothing and you're like, oh, yeah. it's only because you're hot. Like you can only get away with that because you're hot. Like don't, don't try and convince yeah, exactly. me this is a good outfit. Don't, I see through yeah. your guys. <laughs> um, I guess exactly. it's yeah. I guess it's the same thing. He's just he's like he's living with I'm like handsome face, hubris. So like, <laughs> exactly. I do think God. He in this. He's his face in this movie. He's like so wide eyed for the whole thing, and he's like looks like a child yeah. for so much of this, and it's so endearing. Like it's one of those things. Like I think he has more control over his face than like most actors. Like. He has like little twitches and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like his like eyebrows will twitch every so often, and I'm like, that's also a choice that you've made, like <laughs> to be kind of like sitting but still kind of like twitching a little yeah. bit, and like he's always moving. Like, he's always on the move. Yeah, and just like thinking about like even there's so much ebb and flow with like his 
his kind of energy in this mm. where like he'll have like a flurry and he'll and then something will go wrong and he'll have to just like sit down and be like well fuck okay <laughs> now what yeah. like and then he'll just think for a little bit and he'll be quiet and then he'll like get the idea and then he'll go like manic energy again and it's great yeah it's great it's uh, it's interesting i wanted to ask you something because you mm. um you watched half of heat last night and i did um, i did spiritually whenever anyone is watching heat i too am watching heat like it, it lives <laughs> in my heart i am always you know it's there also when this episode publishes <laughs> it will probably also be true that i watched half of heat last night <laughs> that's true yeah when am i not watching heat like <laughs> it's just always on it's like a background noise you go to sleep with it it's perfect exactly but i something i thought about when i was watching this is that i think i'm i'm approaching a theory that Pacino works best when he's playing low status characters. Like I think mm. that he doesn't do like I think it's he's better at like being kind of like stressed and flustered and like Yeah. Yeah. Or like put upon. Like I think he kind of I I think he has more to do when he's sort of you know kind of struggling with something, essentially. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, it's sort of it was interesting because, like I said, you were watching Heat, and I was like, "Is that why him and De Niro work so well? Because they, they kind of both like they oper- they operate on different sort of levels of the spectrum, I suppose." Mm. And I think that Bobby kind of has like there's something about him that suggests he has the upper hand a lot. You know, he's got sort he's, of a he's kind of he's the opposite almost, right? Where he, I think he works really well when he's like. It's that thing of I actually think it's I think Pacino says it during the diner scene, but it's it feels like it applies to De Niro in like most of his roles, which is I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah, like yeah. there's that one thing that he can do, and he's better at it than anyone else, and he's kind of knows exactly what he's doing, mm. which I think De Niro plays really well. And then again, yeah, like you said, Al is better when he's like panicked. Yeah, like he's like one step away from something disastrous happening. Whereas De Niro, you're like, this is a safe pair of hands. Yeah. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, even if something, like, fucks up. Like, it's more like late period, I guess. More like late period De Niro. Guess, like, yeah. Yeah, I guess 90s so. De Niro that's is true. the one who's like a safe pair of hands. Yeah, yeah that's very true. I'm because, kind like, of, like, whittling yeah. him down a bit. Because obviously there are sort of periods where he... Because he's so great in, like, King of Comedy yeah. and stuff like that. Where he's just completely gets useless. To be, yeah, <laughs> like, gets to be inept. But I think even when he is inept in a movie like King of Comedy, he's inept with a purpose in a way that I don't think mm. Hal necessarily is in the same way. Mm. Like, when I think of something like King of... You know, it's... There is a driving... Like, there's a clear motivation. There's a driving force. And, like, his ineptitude comes out of... Not out of, like an inability to, like, formulate exactly what he wants. It comes from an inability mm. to, like, manoeuvre the things around him with which to get that thing, right? Mm, Whereas, mm-hmm. I think he can feel, you know, you know, he, they talk about, you know, the fact that they kind of, they've planned, there's been planning involved in this. Clearly there's been planning yeah. involved in this robbery. It at no point feels like there's been planning involved in this robbery. Because, you know... I think it's just, yeah, they plan and then immediately, like, the first, so the first thing that goes wrong is that the, one of their accomplices is like, I don't want to do this. And, like, leaves. leaves. Yeah, literally just leaves. He's like, I have to go. <laughs> and he's like, can I take the car? And it's like, <laughs> no. no, you can't take the car. Um, 
But then, and then, like, then after that, it's just a series of things that they had planned that were supposed to go right that aren't going right. Like, the, the money's been taken away, so there's nothing there. Yeah. So they have to, like, take whatever they have. And, I mean, there was, I did want to mention, like, I do think it's interesting that, like, they probably could have happily got out of there with what they'd taken. Yeah. And no one would have got hurt and everything would have been fine because who cares if like a little bit of money gets taken from a bank. Um, but then the police arrive and that's when everything escalates and that's when you become have all of these problems. And if the police had literally just never come, it probably would have been fine. Like, because they're the ones who like trap them in there and they're the ones who make them like, they have to get past the police at that point where before they could have just walked away mm-hmm. and they would never have taken hostages and they would never have like... Because they were, I think they were literally, like, gathering the things about to leave, yeah. like, and, you know, that would have been fine. Like, yeah. it's the it's the police who are there supposedly to, like, de-escalate, but actually, escalate. by their very presence, massively escalate yeah. everything. Yeah, Bold of you to suggest that the police being involved <laughs> makes a situation worse. I don't know where... I know, that's, that's kind of huge, huge information. Yeah. Like, brand new, brand new information. <laughs> Police bad. This movie, so. this movie did say like a cap like louder than Serpico. I think. Yeah, I think I agree, <laughs> which is really strange because you'd think that it would not in a way, but yeah, yeah. But I guess you know it does. Yeah, it does. But I think it also kind of. I don't think it necessarily feels particularly positive about positively about any of the sort of external forces going on in the. Yeah. You know, any of the other authority figures in the movie, I guess. Mm. Not necessarily. Even, you know, even the... Yeah, even the bank manager who is kind of... Initially, we're kind of, you know... They they have, like, a semi-decent rapport, but kind of as Mm. it goes on, he sort of becomes a lot more bitter and a lot more unhappy with the situation and the sort of... The dynamic shifts a little. It's, yeah, it's a movie that's generally very distrustful of... I guess authority and of you know structures and uh, yeah the, the 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 power structures that are in place that like clearly have failed these two people consistently for their entire lives and are now failing like the people well probably or also have failed the bank tellers but like are now also failing them like I was going something with that and I can't remember where I was going <laughs> just blank it's, great um, it's 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 about this that it's a they're fundamentally it's like a disenfranchised you know mm-hmm. collection of people like on some level or another you know like he has more in common with the bank tellers than he does with anyone else in that situation you know Definitely. even though he's you know talking to he's attempting to get kind of on a level playing field with the police we obviously know that that's never going to be the case because there are 200 of them and they've all got guns and they're all standing mm-hmm. there ready to like if they wanted to shoot him, they could shoot him and it wouldn't, like, yeah. you know, it would it would be, you know, it would be news the next day and then it would be forgotten about because who cares yeah. about, like, a gay, yeah, a gay guy in Brooklyn robbing a bank. Like, nobody's going to yeah. be like, you know, they're not going to, you know, put the flag at half-mast. Like, people aren't going to care. Yeah. And, yeah. It's interesting as well that, like, the, the um police chief guy uh, he's not a chief but the detective guy who's like in charge of all the cops originally mm-hmm. seems to not really be able to control them yeah, at all yeah. and like at all times it's it's like like an echo of what's going on inside the the bank like outside the bank is also completely like out of everyone's control and like there's so many people there that no one has a handle on it until the fbi guy comes in i love that like he's so 
he's such a like a figure the fbi yeah, guy the fbi kind of, guy like, like a kind of omen yeah. in a way yeah. where he like comes with the floodlights and, i love like, it this... and they walk him into the bank and like the bank is dark and it's just like him walking around it's really good that sequence it's, so it's really good. great and another thing it's you know we mentioned serpico it um mm. i really enjoy the when they're kind of leaving the bank and they've got like they've got their car and he has this conversation with the driver who like turns out to mm. kind of end up ends up like being a cop like he's like initially mm. like he initially thinks that they've got kind of a good rapport but then he catches on he's like oh no this guy this guy is also like don't try and fuck yeah. with me it's so, like it made me think of serpico i was like oh this is yeah. like a nice little rebuttal to be like yeah not hashtag not all undercover cops like yeah exactly. sometimes there is only one good cop and his name is yeah. frank serpico <laughs> it's just him <laughs> there's also that's also part of the like what you were saying about the that everyone is acting like that it's it's the effort to see through kind of what everyone else is doing and how everyone mm. else is like got these layers of acting and i mean i was thinking about that right at the end as well where like all of the hostages get out of the car after sal's been shot and um yeah. when sunny's being arrested and they're all just kind of celebrating and they just go off and don't kind of give them a second look and you see like sunny like that's kind of the thing that breaks him is like that no one gives a shit actually yeah. and that they were just kind of being friendly out of self-preservation because i mean of course they were yeah. but like that that they built the rapport and then actually it didn't mean anything mm. at all despite the fact that like oh and right before that which is when one of the tellers gives sal the, oh, the yeah. rosary which is so sad oh. and then he like like for his first flight ever which is really oh, sweet but yeah. yeah it's just it's yeah the, the the kind of the relationships that they've built over this like one day that they kind of had to but then everyone just goes back to where they were supposed to be mm. kind of thing yeah. like where they were originally yeah in that way yeah yeah it's about performance baby that's the that's the <laughs> take we're all acting all of us everyone i mean yeah I, there is something about that with like the identity side of it as well like i wonder if that's kind of oh that's true as in with the with the sexuality and the and the gender identity kind of yeah. i don't know if that i doubt that was kind of purposeful but maybe it that's was That's true that 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 like sunny is is also like performing in that way mm. like his his performing as a straight man with his family and then yeah yeah and he comes in you know yeah. and he comes into the bank in his like little suit and eventually yeah. he becomes you know more and more disheveled and more and more mm. unhinged looking and his hair doubles in mm. size and he's like covered in sweat and it's just like <laughs> it's an it's a nightmare and yeah it's it's like a dressing down a literal dressing down yeah sort of a very yeah. You know, he's, yeah, in there with this little suit and his, like, you know, his gift, we presume, for his wife. And, it you know, it goes out the window so quickly because it's an act and not a very well-performed one, clearly. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Lumet, Lumet made the sweat himself. Like, <laughs> made, the, the, made the sweat? Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently, like, he, was, he, he found that usually makeup artists and stuff, they, they went a bit heavy on the on the sweat and it like looked unrealistic so he he like formulated his own like thing to do based on sweat. What, what he used on yeah on like on like 12 angry men like based on, uh, on what he learned yeah, on that a sweaty because they also shot it yeah movie. they shot it in like november or something <laughs> so it was like cold oh and apparently like to stop the 
the actor's breath being able to be seen. They were like holding ice cubes in their mouth before wow. um, they started seeing so that then their breath would come oh out God. the same temperature as the air. Wow. Stuff like that, which is just so interesting like, to me. I love the like little filmmaking touches. Like that's that. like the opposite of that anecdote about the exorcist where they, um, in order to get um, the breath on scene in the scene where one of the scenes where they enter Reagan's bedroom, uh, they literally brought freaking brought massive freezers onto the set and just put like were filling the room with cold air, and so all of the breath that you see is like real and aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's the inverse. Great. That's like the that's like the Lumet Friedkin line. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. I will make this easier for you, so you are not hot, and I will make this so difficult for you. And and you will hate it. <laughs> Freakin's like doing the most to do something that could be done like much yeah. more easily. Freakin's <laughs> like, I'm gonna kill a man to get this movie made. <laughs> uh, oh, soon, soon we talk Freakin. Uh, two, two episodes away, we talk Freakin. So Another gay character. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's that's um, true. He's played multiple gay people. He's played a few, a few, uh, there's. Is there another one? Oh, well, there is in like Sea of. No, is it Sea of Love? I think it's Sea of Love, where like. Someone on the phone, like, asks, I think, yeah, he's, it's, Sea of Love is a good movie, but it's silly. He's, like, talking to, like, whatever, some woman on, like, a dating service. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I, uh, I swing both ways. And he's, and, he, and then she asks, like, does he as well? And he's like, uh, do I? Yeah, sure, I swing both ways. And I'm like, yes, representation <laughs> is important. <laughs> Even though he's, like, whatever, probably That's just pretending funny. for that. Do you know if he's know. ever spoken about it, about playing gay characters or anything along those lines? He's, he spoke a lot about cruising because cruising oh, was, yeah, like, course, this whole yeah. kind of uh, thing with the... That sounds... <laughs> Like I'm like devaluing the criticisms <laughs> of it, but it was a it was a there was a lot of like um yeah criticisms of it from the gay community. So he's talked about it with that, not in a massively intelligent way, but in like a somewhat intelligent sure. way. So I I'm not like surprised that he's, you know, <laughs> gently homophobic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess, all, I guess it would be know? that. I'm. He's probably. I would imagine he's better now, but it's one of those things like in the 80s as a catholic i don't know yeah 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 not to excuse him but (laughs) i do imagine that he's probably more liberal about that stuff one would like to think especially because his daughter is like younger than us so she's probably like yeah wow wow i'm really glad you said his daughter and like not his wife or something yeah like (laughs) never been married never been married oh god yeah you're right my apologies sorry apologies he he hasn't i don't think he's ever had uh, i'm sure he has ever but like he hasn't dated anyone already like born in the same time as us which is good okay great well that's such a low bar to clear it's like congrats it is is. not dating anybody born in the 90s yeah i think his last girlfriend was like in her late 30s and he's like 80 so that's not great but <laughs> not great not great not great Elf. um not great well apparently the wyoming line was ad-libbed by Kat oh Sally i love well. the i love the wyoming joke it's, it's so, so good. good and he's so earnest when he says it <laughs> it's the best apparently lumet had to like cover his mouth because he like laughed on set and he was like no <laughs> because he didn't know he was gonna do it because it didn't have like a place in there it's so good it's great uh, it's great uh what a great movie what a great movie oh i do have one i have i have a quote from lumet talking about al and his acting which i may have already read on the <laughs> episode because i can't remember what i said on that episode 
everything stems from some incredible core inside of him that I wouldn't think of trying to get near because it would be like getting getting somewhere near the centre of the earth. What comes out of his core is so uniquely his own. It's the only thing he can trust. It's quite clear that Al is a loner. <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah, I'm um, trying to like... I don't think I have anything... Charles Durning is the best. Charles Durning! He is indeed. He is, he is very good. We love to see him. Great. Um... I'm trying to see, do I have any, I've like just got my like nonsense notes from when I was watching it, which are like, do it, share the nonsense. When everyone gets sweaty, smiley face. <laughs> True. Um, well, one of the first things my mum said when we were watching this was, it's Fredo. <laughs> it really made me laugh. <laughs> it is. It is. Fredo. It's Fredo. My sweet boy. No, I've just got, I've just got like, he slides on the floor. Look at him slide. That's one of the notes. <laughs> Look at him! Oh, also, look at him slide like a little penguin. <laughs> I do have. I do briefly want to talk about his accent in this movie, ah, which is just I love incredible. I love it. It's, he must be turning up like his own accent yeah. a little bit more because, like, and I the note I have is every word has about five extra syllables. <laughs> yeah. which Rawr, is like, like the the vowels are just like all over the place. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's so good. It's great. Especially compared, like, he's, like, so much more measured in, like, Godfather. And in this, I'm just like, that's a New Yorker. That's my boy. Uh, like- it's a New Yorker. <laughs> I love it. I actually, that is, like, one of the first notes I made was about, like, the idea of him as, like, a New York actor, you know? Like, or his relationship yeah. to being, like, a, a New York guy, you know, in the way that some people are, like, LA people. He's, like, a New York mm. guy. And I guess... Mm. Sort of remains that I don't really know, but I yeah. Well, he doesn't live there anymore, but he's he's like it's one he like moved because of his kids. He moved to LA because his like ex wife was there, and so he wanted to be close to his kids. But like, has said in interviews like I would love to be in New York. <laughs> like once my kids are like old enough, I'm going back to New York. But I don't know if that's you know I don't know if that's still the yeah. case. But yeah. he's definitely a New Yorker like through and through, and would stay there kind mm-hmm. of even after all of the like film fame and all of that kind of thing like yeah. wouldn't really think about living anywhere else yeah. yeah i feel like i haven't said enough about how much i love this movie <laughs> no it's good it's like it's nice that everything we've had to say has been positive like i don't think that it's yeah not... no i don't have anything yeah it's yeah. you know apart well apart from yeah like some of the the like trans stuff is maybe yeah could it's be a lot a it's a lot like... harder to talk about the things that you really really like you know like you when you yeah, have that's true n- you know nits to pick it's you know you can yeah. really you know hold on to that more and also mm. you know to be fair our godfather episode was really long but the godfather is really long like we yeah, we had a lot true. to talk about you know our godfather eps you know podfathers if you will and the godfather is like about so much yeah, yeah. Like, this is obviously also about a lot but like not in the same kind of it's about America way, yeah. although I'm sure this could also be argued as about America, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's like, it's so perfectly paced and it's, it like moves so well and it's so funny. Mm. And then like, you have the kind of, the tragic turn of it works so well because you care so much about these characters and like, you're completely like on their side, even though they're obviously criminals, yeah. but like, you don't care about yeah. that. Um and and like when it when you can feel the tide turning against them, like when the FBI guy like when all the lights go off, that's kind of like the moment when you're like, okay, this is not this has been fun, but this is not going to end well for our, yeah. our, our friends. friends. Um, and it really like is impactful because because you care so much about them, yeah. and because the filmmaking is so good. Yeah, 
Is this is this it for him and Lumet? Is this it for him and Lumet? It is. Yeah, oh, it is. Sad. Which is a shame. That is a shame. Because they they work really well together. I mean, they do. I mean, this is yeah. I would love to have seen more stuff with them together. I don't know if Al had been like considered for for anything um, for network or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if network would have been. That was not really his kind of. I guess not. No. Vibe as much, even though it's a great movie. But, but yeah, not 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 yeah, the, same not kind the of, right ballpark like, really. Want to look up? Let's... Yeah, and I don't know if I'll kind of stop doing these kinds of films. Although, well, yeah, like cruising is is somewhat like this kind of mm-hmm. like New Yorker. I'm looking at Lumet yeah. and sort of seeing if there's like, you know, somewhere something yeah, something that he could have fit in with. Um, the verdict, I, guess, I was gonna say the later. verdict, but I don't even know if his vibe is right for the verdict. I mean, Paul Newman is just so perfect in that yeah. to me. Like, I can't like yeah, think of that's like that's really true. Although I... Paul Newman, another one of my guys, uh, like maybe my my second guy. Like, I love really, your Newman second so guy, your number two, maybe, your number maybe. two guy. Wow. Maybe 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 De Niro is my number two guy. Yeah, that's I about to say that's rude to Bobby. It's so <laughs> rude. Oh. Um, but yeah, like he could have done. I, he probably could have done, but maybe he's not quite old enough to do the verdict. Like he needs a bit more gravitas. Yeah, I feel like I should have more thoughts. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to, to think have about more this. Thoughts. It's fine. Well, I was trying to. I was trying to like think about this in like the 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 context of like gay films, uh-huh. and that it's not something that I think comes up mm. in that context very much. In that I don't know that I knew it was like gay until i watched it kind of yeah thing. me too and you and and i mean it's something that is only introduced like halfway through the movie and is obviously not like a massively significant part of it mm. but like it's interesting that because i mean it must be relatively early for like a mainstream movie to have that in it like and then uh, obviously what I, I said already for like having a movie star play gay is is very early for that yeah. but i don't know hmm. i don't know if it like if like changed anything or if like I, th- I mean i think it was received relatively positively by like the gay community like not in i mean not like cruising mm. but um yeah, i don't know just having a look i don't know if that was also like a consideration that like warner brothers had like th- uh, that it's kind of surprising that they were willing to green light it mm. yeah but then i don't know again like i don't know enough about like the history of the kind of queer cinema in that period yeah yeah That's and also enough. i was just thinking of like this is pre-AIDS I think like pre pre yeah, getting pre-AIDS. really bad yeah yeah so so it's it's like maybe at this point it was becoming more acceptable in like straight society to like know gay people and then it became less acceptable again mm. like mm. I'm speaking from a place of not knowing what I'm talking about <laughs> so maybe I should just <laughs> shut up <laughs> oh well I'm just going through I'm currently just going through uh the wikipedia selection of uh LGBT films of the 1970s. Mm. Um, Cabaret came out in 1972, which I guess is... Oh, and there's Midnight Cowboy. Okay. Course, yeah, right? Midnight so Cowboy, that's... of course. Um, but nothing... Cabaret's great. Love Cabaret. Love yeah, Cabaret. we love Cabaret. And yeah, then Cruising all the way up to 1980s Cruising. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's in terms of like big American movies, definitely not an awful lot, you know. Oh, see, oh, that's interesting. A film that came out this year um, that is fair, I think, you know, it is an interesting comparison, is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. Very, which is interesting. Okay. Interesting to me. Yeah. Compelling. That is interesting. Yeah. That's like, that's that's the kind of, I actually don't know if the filmmakers on that 
were gay, but it has the energy of <laughs> yeah. That, I think right? yeah. I like, think it's like Rocky Horror is. Uh, it's such a gay thing in its yeah. in its creation and existence, you know. Exactly, <laughs> it feels yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that feels like what what like a gay person making a gay film is like. This is like it's a celebration and it's like crazy and it's you know yeah yeah all of this kind of performance and everything, 100%. which obviously this is completely the opposite of yeah um, that kind of maximalism, I guess. I love that movie. It's so good. It's good. It's good. I like watched it like last year for the first time, and I was oh, like, "Oh, wow. okay, I get it now. Yeah. I understand." Yeah. <laughs> Tim Curry, maybe one of the best performances ever in this movie. So <laughs> like, great. so great. But that's a so yeah, that's an interesting an interesting side by side. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I suppose, yeah, yeah. Generally, I mean, I guess so. Especially, yeah, for a movie of this scale with an actor as famous as he. How I mean, this is post Godfather and Godfather Two, obviously. Mm. So is he like a household name at this point? Like how? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. Sweet. I mean, I mean, well, it's it's part of the thing of like him being addressed by people as Michael, which I guess is sort <laughs> yeah. of you know, is he a household name if he's being addressed that way? But like. <laughs> I really do think, yeah, yeah people, people yeah. knew who he was. I mean, having been nominated for, like, as many Oscars as he was nominated for and the movies do well. Yeah. And I mean, like, that run of, like, if you ignore Scarecrow, if it's just Godfather, Serpico, Godfather 2, and then this, mm. like, that's four movies that hit and were critically acclaimed. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's, like, completely the lead of. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He was definitely on the... On the rise, risen, risen. <laughs> a star is born. A, yeah. a star has been born. And I think born. that's that was part of the thing of like he was like every movie I made, it felt like every movie I made had to be a critical success, a box office success, mm-hmm. like a great performance, like that that he couldn't make a mistake because everyone was expecting sure. like this kind of success from him, mm-hmm. which then when it kind of stopped happening, is like when he kind of quit. Yeah, for a while. That makes sense. I was thinking if this is going to kind of, if this is going to remain for me, like, because mm. I, I would probably agree in that this is certainly of the movies we've covered, probably my favorite and mm. probably, yeah, probably my favorite performance that he's given mm. in it. But like, and I guess, but I guess this is kind of the crest, isn't it? Like, this is sort of, you know, the wave is, is, you know soon going to break and we are going to just get into the 80s and then into the 90s and (laughs) the 2000s and then it's just it's a real dead zone for a while there and it's like is there any i wonder if anything is going to come along that i'm going to enjoy if not in terms of a film as much as this but am i going to enjoy him as much as i enjoy Mm, him in this mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see because i really don't yeah i really don't know as of right now as you know i'm very excited to watch cruising because i think i will get a lot from it even if i don't end up liking it um it's definitely like he's definitely doing interesting stuff in that movie like i could see you being like this is great yeah yeah i think it's very much in my ballpark in terms of like it basically everything about it it's a freaking <laughs> movie it's like it's gay it's uh, sort of like menacing you know it yeah yeah it's yeah. yeah it's it's ticking a lot of boxes for me so um i'll be yeah i'm excited to like you know 
Because it feels like, in a way, it's like, it's quite exciting that we're kind of getting out of the, like, the gold standard now. It's like, everything now is kind of a bit more of a mystery in terms of Yeah, and I think it's fun to talk about, like, to talk about these, like, less seen movies Mm. that are coming up and the ones that, like, people maybe won't have heard of or, like, that we wouldn't have watched outside of doing this. Well, I probably would have, (laughs) but... (laughs) I so we're definitely gonna have. come. I mean, I mean, we're gonna come to some that I haven't seen before eventually, which would be That's interesting. So but like, yeah, but but yeah, I think it's interesting to see these kind of like because because when you are watching films and they were made forty years ago, you're watching the best cross section mm. from that time because you're watching the things that have survived and that people are still talking about. Yeah. And like, and then you like watch something like Bobby Deerfield, and you're like, oh right, like they still made like. <laughs> no, I don't want to like pick it out. It's like because I don't like Scarface either. I could also pick out Scarface, but I know a lot of people, people like that, so I don't yeah. want to be like, oh, they made bad movies. But like, you get a better cross section of like the films that were being made if you watch some of the ones that are like failures as well as all of the ones yeah. that like have lasted. Yeah, that's really true, especially when you're thinking about an actor in the way that we are, because mm. like. Nobody's only in. I mean, clearly, with the exception of John Cansale, I was going to no say, yeah, yeah, no one is only in like stone cold masterpieces. You know, it yeah. never happens. It's just yeah. nobody with a long career can enjoy yeah, being in that many good things. So it'll be fun. I mean, maybe we'll find some hidden yeah. gems along the way. Maybe we'll both. We'll definitely find things in all of them that we like. I think. Oh, I, I like, like there's to always going to so. be something that's. I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe something will actively repulse us. I'm excited. It's funny because I was, I'm like thinking about like what my other favorite album performances are, and they are like Heat and The Irishman, which are later than, yeah. which are like later period ones, mm-hmm. but they're kind of like the flash points. Yeah. In the like bad period, like yeah. Whereas this is more like this whole run has been so good. Mm. Um, oh, see now I've now we're gonna end, and I've like thought of something that I wanted to say. No, tell me. <laughs> just say it at the end. It's whatever. that. It's that. Why don't we get like one of these every year? Like why aren't oh, why aren't these movies yeah. like why aren't movies of this like why don't we get more bank robber movies? Like why aren't like. They're like the easiest thing in the world to make. You need yeah. like two locations. You just get, you know, axes will work for scale. Like it's it's low budget. It's like it's fun. Everybody knows the rules. Everyone knows the stakes. It's like why aren't why don't we have like twenty of these? Like there should be so many dog day afternoons in our lives. You know, yeah. they don't even have to be. They don't all have to be five star movies. They could just be like fun. Like, yeah, this, yeah. You know, the bits of this about... movie that are fun are, are so fun. You know, yeah. Th- just do that for an hour and a half. You know, I mean, there's the Spike. Is it Inside? Man? Oh, is Inside Man is yeah. really good. Inside Which is Man great. Is like, really and I'm just like, why doesn't every like Ota like make their yeah. bank heist movie? Yeah. Like, Logan and, Lucky. and it doesn't have to go badly. Like, it could go well, and that would also be interesting to watch. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. But you can do interesting stuff with it, and yeah. you can get so creative with it if you have the kind of like the structure of it. Yeah. Then you can kind of just iterate on that and do something weird with it, which is like what Spike Lee did. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs I mean, to make... I mean, as well, it's like that vibe. Heist movie. Everyone it's... needs to make a heist movie. Just do it, it's guys. True. Just do it. Everyone gets their, their you know, Logan Lucky or whatever. Just do it. Make a heist. Do it. Logan Lucky. <laughs> this is my movie. my plea to the filmmakers of the world. Just do it. Make a heist. Just do it. 
I mean, I mean, Solid like constantly makes heists. But <laughs> I love, know, but we, we love, love him. They are all good. He's he's allowed. He can make as many heists as he likes. It's fine. But See then also, you. like Fantastic Mr. Fox might be my favorite Wes Anderson movie, <laughs> and that's a heist movie. So like, truly, everyone should do it. Bottle Rocket is also a heist movie. Have you seen uh, Bottle yeah, Rocket? Yeah, I like Bottle Rocket a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just like heist movies. <laughs> Grand, I, I guess that. Grand Budapest Hotel is kind of a heist movie. Yeah, there's so many hijinks you can get up to. Like <laughs> it's are. just it's good stuff. Hijinks. Paddington Two is a heist movie. Paddington One <laughs> is a heist movie. Everything good Both is a heist Paddington. movie. <laughs> Paddington is a master criminal. <laughs> he is. It's he true. is. He's a nice bear and a master I love criminal. Paddington. Paddington's my best friend. Maybe I should watch Paddington. No. <laughs> I think you should do it. You've you've still got half of Heat to watch. Oh, I do. I and forgot it's like, about that. I was about to say I send, it's I a good half. I emails as well. <laughs> oh, it's the good. It's 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 the half with all the shootouts, which is always fun. Yeah, I th- I think the yeah. good half. Is the first, I mean, they're both good halves. Like you know. Yeah, the first half is nice. I like the first nice half. like character stuff. Yeah. 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 Heat is a good movie. Um. Oh, all right. Can't wait to talk the podcast. Heat, man. We're gonna talk. Heat I know. Someday yeah. in the distant future, we'll talk Heat. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it ten more times before we like, get to it. Oh, but oh, hey, for dear. now, we will talk about Bobby Deerfield. We will. We will. We will. We'll it's talk Bobby. Anyway, right. Thank you for listening. This has been a podcast. About Bobbies. Um, about Bobbies and and about men being small. Yeah. Um, and yeah. having big brown eyes and making me cry. Yeah, do um, it. Be gay, do crime. Thank you.